This is the Truth Network. The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to Masculine Journey. We are very glad to have you with us this week, and and this is going to be an exciting week. You know, I'm really excited because I'm really not sure where the show's going to go, and that should be different than some other weeks, although it's not. And, 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 and partly, partly, it's because the topic we're talking about is heaven, right? And, and how much of life that we potentially struggle with or don't understand is partly because we're not we're not made to live in a fallen earth. Right. We happen to live there. You may have heard the term that we're, you know, we're behind enemy lines, right? But we're, we're made for a different place, right? But a lot of times we don't have that perspective. And so I'm going to actually pray right now for us and ask for some perspective as we go through the show. Oh. Father, we just thank you for this topic, and we thank you for just the insight that you've given to us through some great people and through some movie clips and some things that you've said, and especially what Jesus has talked to us about the Bible in the Bible about heaven, and, and we pray for perspective and helping to understand the enemy's attack on this topic because it's such a, a been a vital attack that he's taken, taken people out and lost the hope that heaven really gives us and, and the longing that our hearts have for it. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Um, guys, heaven, right? So what was your first thoughts that you can think of growing up of heaven? Anything come to mind? Clouds. Clouds? Angels. Harps. Yeah, harps. Harps. Yeah. Singing. Singing. A whole lot of singing. Yeah, not real big, not big harp-moving things unless you're into, like, harps mm. and angels and singing. Mm. Right? <laughs> I think that what's been stolen from us, and we've done shows on this before, and we're not going to do that same show, but what's been stolen from us is the promise of heaven. Mm. Right, and what that really is. And, and Andy, I'm going to ask you about a clip because we're going to go to a clip pretty quickly because this was from a movie called Heaven is Real. Yep, yep. Right, and, and so in this movie, this little boy, what, passes away? Yeah, his name's Colton Burpo, and his dad is a pastor. Well, he has some kind of stomach problem and ended up at appendix burst or something, and he ends up going to heaven, and when he does, he comes back and he knows things about the family's life and that kind of thing, and it kind of validates everything. But he gives some perspective on what he sees in heaven. And, you know, it just really it's a good place to start because it just encourages your heart for what we will experience in, in heaven. How old is the boy? Like five, I believe. Okay. There's a newspaper. I want to give an article about heaven. And? And they want to interview Colton. And you think that's a good idea. So, Colton, a lot of people were praying for you. I guess. Well, that must feel good. Come over here, buddy. You're being interviewed. Thank you. You were very sick. What did it feel like to die? I didn't die. But you went to heaven. That's a, that's a little off topic. 
It's beautiful. You saw heaven? Mm-hmm. What does it look like? Like here, but even more beautiful. And you saw Jesus? Yeah. He's very nice. I sat on his lap. He has markers. Markers? Yeah. Right here and right here and right here and right here. Hey, go swing on the swing some more. Yeah. So, Jesus has a horse? There's lots of animals in heaven. They don't believe me, do they? Some people might be afraid to believe. What are they afraid of? I don't know. Maybe they're afraid that there's no heaven. Or maybe they're afraid that there is. You don't believe me, Daddy, don't you? I believe God loves you. So do I. So, Andy, this was a, a clip that you picked. Mm-hmm. And, and so what was it about this clip that really spoke to you? <laughs> I told you I was going to ask uh, you this question. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Sam outsourced his... Uh, clip submission this is his topic and he outsources to me so i'll do the best i can here but really it was um you know just we don't go to heaven every day you know we there but there are plenty of people that, that have experienced that and have given really similar type of recollections of of what they saw and stuff and it just touched me when i when we started talking about heaven or the restoration of all things the renewal of of god and there's there's different times you know there's heaven now while we're still on earth and then what it'll be like in the future. Um, it just brought those things to me. It gave, it gave me a, uh, uh, just a glimpse of what it may be like. And I can identify with everything he says, because I believe that's in my heart of what it will actually be like about how beautiful it is. We've all heard that. And I guess it just, um, I, it, you know, it's one of the better things I've heard in, in, in just about what heaven will be like. So when they're when he's talking about the markers, I mean obviously mm-hmm. he's not talking about Crayola, right? right? Well, you know he's talking about what the wounds of Jesus, yeah. Right? He has marks on his hands. Yeah, if you see feet. the movie, and I really highly recommend it, Heaven Is Real. But go back and and it and it just he's just pointing out Jesus's wounds, and you know we've heard those kinds of things that or uh, that Jesus, you know those wounds still exist, you know because they're identification of his love for us and what, how he gave his life for us. And I think the movie haven't seen it. You're the only right, one actually yes. in the group that has seen it, and that's why I was asking yeah. you about it, even though I teased you about asking sure. about it. <laughs> the, uh, the, I think the the realness of the fact that the dad's a pastor, yeah, right, and yet he's struggling mm-hmm. a little bit because I think as Christians, you, you walk closely with God and you believe these things, but life comes at you every day, yeah, yeah, and it's so hard to hold on to that hope, yeah. This was a reporter interviewing him. I don't, I didn't really explain that, but that's. She's calling into question and things, and she's got the one eye open, like, "Yeah, I don't really don't know if I believe that." And like you said, Sam, his dad, you don't you don't see, "Oh yeah, I believe you, son." I mean, it's like I believe that God loves us, but he didn't say, "Yeah, I believe you saw what you saw." But as it goes on, you'll see in the movie that I think he becomes. He, there's much more validation done of what the child saw and experienced of really it, it being real. So, I love the animals part myself, yeah. mm-hmm. and. and you know, when you really think about it, biblically, the Bible is full of that, that obviously 
Ezekiel yeah. saw these many-faced mm-hmm. cherubim, which all were like animals, mm-hmm. right? And clearly, you know, when Elisha's servant saw all the horses and, mm-hmm. you know, the chariots that took, you know, Elijah actually to heaven, and you think about all the different sightings, mm-hmm. and, and there's always animals involved in that. And that was something that really, you yeah. know, in John Eldridge's book, which, you know, yeah. is along these lines, all things new, you know, there's this beautiful picture of like what hope there is in the restoration of the animals that have been in our lives, you know, dogs, cat, you know, it, just relationships that we've had with cat. cats too for Jim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For Jim. The, uh, <laughs> I, I realize there's no comments and I thank God that there are, um, <laughs> you know, but, you know, when you talk about that, you know, here I am, my, my, my dog is a kid, Brownie, you know, passed away when I was at uh, boy scout camp one year. And I get excited about the thought of being reunited with a dog I hadn't seen in 40 years. Yeah. Right? I mean, how cool that would be, not to mention, like, family and friends and things like that. But where this topic came about, and, and I did bring the, the topic up, because I, I have my radio on random sometimes when I'm driving, especially on a long drive. And I've got a, a long list of songs, just all different types of songs. And so it's kind of interesting to watch it kind of jump around and play from different things. And it jumped onto a Stephen Curtis Chapman song, which actually be our bump, coming back in. And it's it's called Not Home Yet. And the more I listened to it, I played the song a couple times, I just kept really thinking about a lot of what I struggle with. And we talked a little bit about this last week. But a lot of what I think we struggle with as humans, especially Christians, is the fact that we're not home yet. You know, and our hearts are made for there. You know, our, our hearts are made to be in a, in a society that's just and right and true and there's fairness and, and things are the way they're supposed to be. But you don't even have to watch the news to know that's not the way life is on most days. You know, maybe this person gets the promotion or that person that you love you know, your whole life gets sick at a very young age. You know, and just something just doesn't feel right about those things. You know, and so life is constantly coming at us. The enemy's constantly coming at us trying to rob that vision of heaven, trying to rob that, that thing that's so far down in our heart. Yeah, that's a beautiful concept of, of that there are certain longings like in my heart that I would think were going to be you know, answered in my marriage or in my relationship with my kids. <laughs> and, and often they're just kind of reminders of you're not, you know, God doesn't want us to get all that comfortable here because the best is yet to come. How, how much different would our relationships be if we had the, lack of a better term, the kingdom vision, the end vision? You know, I, I don't, I'm not going to find all those things that I think I should find in my wife because I'm not supposed to. Right. right. I'm not supposed to find that completion. Not that the marriage union isn't amazing. I'm not saying that. But I'm not going to find everything that my heart's looking for because we're not supposed to. And so when I can look at it that differently, how much pressure does that take off at the relationship? It becomes a totally different thing. And maybe it's not marriage. Maybe it's friendships. Or maybe it's a career. You know, I thought I was going to get all my things answered with this career and this schooling that I had. or what it, You fill in the blank. It's because we're putting our hope in something to fulfill us that was never meant to fulfill us fully. Right, so which takes you to that question is, 
you know, and, and often, you know, I'm going there in the morning in my prayer time saying, Jesus, what is this? Man, I just have this ache that is not getting filled here. And somehow I'm supposed to be able to bring that to you. And, and it, it's not working out. <laughs> and, 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 and he's like, that's because there's more to come and the best is yet to come and stick with me Robbie we're, we're working on it and, you, and and it's a journey it is a journey and as we go, come back we're going to listen to John Eldridge a little bit going to listen to a clip from a Christmas movie that really plays into what we're talking about today but go to masculinejourney.org to register for the upcoming boot camp April 2nd through 5th it's going to be an amazing time we've got a lot of a lot of the guys here are going to be there I think everybody I think is going to be here and, and we really want you to come and, and spots are starting to fill up so register now Oh, and it's cold outside, and you get out of the shower, and your towel won't dry you off. Oh, <laughs> it makes you feel like you might need to throw in the towel. <laughs> well, go ahead. We got something better for you. My pillow towels. I mean, some bath towels just don't absorb water. Others, you know, you feel like you're drying off with sandpaper. About 20 years ago, the textile manufacturers came up with a not-so-brilliant idea to make towels softer by adding chemicals. Great idea, but one problem. The towels won't dry you off. My pillow is changing back to the better days when towels actually worked. This is Southern Cotton from the USA. 60-day money-back guarantee. Colors to match any bathroom. White, mineral gray, stone, ocean blue, royal purple, and more. If you order right now, you get 30% off a set. Two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. Call 800-943-7096. Use promo code CARGUY. Hi, this is Sam with Masculine Journey. I'm here with my son, Eli. We're going to talk about ways that you can help support the ministry. One way you can go to smile.amazon.com. There's information on our website there on how to do that. Then you can go to facebook.com where you can click the donate button. Or you can go to masculinejourneyradio.org. Once again, look for the donate button. Or if you want to mail something in, mail it to... P.O. Box 550, Kernersville, North Carolina, 27285. I am William Wallace. You've come to fight as free men. And free men you are. What will you do without freedom? Find out from Jesus what you will do with that freedom. A four-day adventure with God. It's a Masculine Journey Radio Boot Camp. Boot Camp is designed to give men permission to be what God designed them to be. Passionate warriors for the kingdom. Coming this April, April 2nd through the 5th. Register now at MasculineJourney.org. We must remember this. We are not home yet. We are not home yet. Keep on looking ahead. Let your heart not forget. We are not home yet. Not home yet. And that's the topic we're talking about today. We're not home yet. So, Robbie, when I, I say that we're not home yet, if you just, just tuned in, you can go back and listen to the show, but if you just tuned in, what are we talking about? We're talking about heaven versus, well, all things made new, what we're actually, you know, from the larger story perspective, what we would say at boot camp is, is act four, mm-hmm. you know, that when Jesus comes back, he's going to, you know, reign and what, what is that going to look like as opposed to what we're currently experiencing, which is the battle. 
Exactly. Jim, I wanted to ask you something, and this is going to sound like I'm, I'm teasing you, and I, I really am a little bit, but I, I'm not. Uh, you're, which you, is it, Sam? Well, both. Um, <laughs> so as an older Christian, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you've been a Christian for a lot of years, right? And you've been in the, in the pastoral line for a lot of years. Is this something that pastors struggle with as well, potentially? Something everybody needs to recognize is pastors are human beings. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an expectation of them that is unrealistic. And, yeah, I, I have actually not struggled much with heaven, but my expectation of it has changed considerably from when I was – I mean, I – my first memories were drawing pictures of God bailing me out of precarious situations. And that's kind of been my life. <laughs> so, so that start when I was three, four, was God let me know what life was about. But it's really a matter of we all put God in a box and he keeps breaking out of the box, and we build bigger and bigger boxes, but we'll never totally grasp who he is until we're with him in heaven. And that, to me, is you know, what the particulars are don't matter. It's getting to the point of having that eternal and close communion with God. And that's something I didn't even think about when I was a teenager. And I, I, you know, none of us know, obviously, what heaven's going to be like other than what Jesus has talked about in Scripture. But Andy, will you talk about this clip that we're getting ready to to listen to? It's from John Eldridge, and he talks about this topic. Yeah, he does. And, you know, I'm I'm like most. I mean, I thought um, heaven, my thought of it was ethereal, like we talked about, not really, you know, tangible, something that I really couldn't identify with because I hadn't been there. You know, and there is scriptures in the Bible that kind of explain it. But a lot of times people, we forget what really the heaven or eternity do we think about is the new Jerusalem coming down here to earth and the restoration of all things. That's I think all things new is the name of John's book, and that's what the uh, clip is about. He's on a, on a talk show talking about it. But I think it really gave me a different perspective. There was a lot of things that really make me much more excited about going to heaven. I mean, I, it talk, we have eternity on our hearts and there are things that we look for. And it just gave me a different perspective on what I had previously thought it to be. I was reading through the Gospels. I was in Matthew uh, chapter 19. And Peter asked Jesus a pretty straightforward question. He says, look, this has cost us quite a bit to follow you. What's in it for us? Like, what will there be for us? And Jesus, he doesn't rebuke the question. He smiles and he says, oh, i tell you the truth. At the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you, and then he gets very particular, who have lost relationships, loved ones. He even names houses and lands, careers, all your dreams, all those things you had to let go of. It will specifically be restored to you. In addition to, he says, eternal life. Mm -hmm. Now, most people think that whatever the next chapter of the story is, it's this vague thing in heaven, right? It's harps, halos, or it's the eternal church service in the sky, right? We all just, 
we all go up to heaven and we sing forever, right? I mean, you know. But like you point out, if it's like church services, most people they don't want to go. They don't want to go. <laughs> but the, the key to the human heart is this. C.S. Lewis says, you can only hope for what you desire. And so if it's vague, if it's a little creepy religious, it does not bring hope, no matter how much you try and you know, breathe into it. And when Jesus promises the restoration of all things, you know, so I'm flipping through the scriptures. Peter picks up the theme in Acts. In Acts chapter 3, he says, Jesus must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything. And then the whole thing swells to a crescendo in Revelation, right? End of the book, chapter 21. He who is seated on the throne says, I am making everything new. He does not say, I'm making all new things, right? He restores the earth. He restores our lives. There is nothing that can be taken from you that God will not personally and intimately restore there's so there's a lot there you know and one of the questions that i guess if you're skeptical one of the things i would ask you would be think about your favorite movies if you don't think eternity's written on your heart think about your favorite movies and i promise you it has something to do with an injustice being righted something being restored relationship it's going to fall in similar lines fairness is now there all of a sudden and it may be the, the, the details of the story will be unique to each movie, but it's going to come down to some of those same things. And the, we can name on almost all of our favorite movies. It lands in one of those areas, doesn't it, Robbie? Oh, absolutely. You know, Rescue and the Beauty. I think it's a, a battle to fight. Yeah. <laughs> beauty, beauty to, to rescue. rescue. Adventure to live. <laughs> the Adventure to Live is the one that grabs me. I mean, all the things I've wanted to do in this lifetime that I haven't had a chance to. And it does say all things. So I want to fly at the speed of light. I'll be able to do that or instantaneously be somewhere. Seeing Snoopy, my dog from when I was a kid, and seeing Forrest, my cat when I was an adult, which there's probably something to that. Dogs are better for kids and Cat's better for adults, but <laughs> but there there's so many things we've all missed out on in this life, and we'll have every opportunity to experience anything and everything when we're in heaven. It's not sitting on a cloud playing a harp. That's boring. I love music, and I'll sing Messiah any day of the week, but doing that for eternity, yeah, I might, it might diminish somewhat. Now, thank you, Jim. Now, Robbie, we're gonna I want you to go ahead and talk about this clip because this is a Christmas clip, but it really speaks to this, doesn't it? Yeah, George Bailey. It's a Wonderful Life. He was got an opportunity to see what would the Earth be without him, and so he went back to you know Pottersville. Without his existence, nobody knows him, and he's had to walk around there and see the fruit of what his life would what have the place would have been without his life, and so here he gets the joy of things being restored for him. Clarence! Clarence! Help me, Clarence! Get me back! Get me back! I don't care what happens to me! Get me back to my wife and kids! Help me, Clarence, please! 
please. I want to live again. I want to live again. I want to live again. Please, God, let me live again. Hey, George! George! You all right? Hey, what's the matter? Now get out of here, Bert, or I'll hit you again. Get out of here. What the Sam Hill are you yelling for, George? You... George, Bert, do you know me? Know you? <laughs> you kidding? I've been looking all over town trying to find you. I saw your car piled into that tree down there, and I thought maybe you... Hey, your mouth's bleeding. Are you sure you're all right? What you... <laughs> My mouth's bleeding, Bert! My mouth's bleeding! Zuzu pedals! Zuzu... There they are! Bert! Now, if you just tuned in, it's not a Christmas show, right? <laughs> but it is about the restoration of all things. And, and that, that show speaks to a lot of things, obviously, the, the importance of an individual, right? But at the end of the day, it's about restoring something to the way that it was originally meant to be. I love share with the, the audience, you and your dad. I mean, that's, that's something that's kind of awesome. You know, when I think about going to heaven, we were talking about it before the show, you know, I... I, I, I I get excited about having a conversation with my father. My dad was was in the home every night, but he was gone a lot, and he was very busy with his own agenda most of the time and didn't spend much time with me as, as a young boy. And then when I got to be about 12, he had a stroke, and then he was unable to talk. He could say yes, no, a few other not-so-nice words <laughs> I can't say on the air. And, you know, those types of things. And he was alive nine more years, and so there really wasn't any conversations. It was just statements. Dad, are you hungry? You know, that type of thing. And, and I look so forward to the time that I can, can be with my dad now that, that God's come in and really worked on forgiveness in my heart, and I'm excited to get the opportunity to see my dad at some point and just have a conversation with him and to hear him talk as a person who's not affected by a stroke, as a person who can not only think what he wants to say but get the words out and how amazing that's going to be to have time with him that I've really never had in my whole life. You know, and that, that brings excitement to me because, to me, it's a restoration of what I wanted my heart to have, you know, and, and I think that that's what, in a perfect world, God would have wanted me to have, but we don't live in a perfect world, you know, and we have people that get hurt. We live, you know, in situations where there's divorce and all those kinds of things, and, and there's so much that's wrong with society and what we see every day that we consider, quote, unquote, normal. Our heart knows it's not normal. Yeah, and, and and Jesus came so that everyone would get that chance. And when John said it's the purpose of the gospel to let them know that this is available, but it won't be available if you don't get into the blood of Christ, if you don't forgiven and, and, and this opportunity. And so, it, you know, it really puts the pressure on for those of us who are working in the kingdom to to continue the battle because we don't want anybody to miss out on it, especially those that we love. I think the hard part is, is, you know, we have Christians that miss a point. Yeah. I missed it for so many years, and I'm, I'm maybe getting the very end of the point. At least I'm seeing some light. <laughs> you know, it's the end of the point that pops a balloon. So, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm hoping that, you know, it's helping me understand. And, and so that God would help us all get that perspective that we prayed about before. Not the perspective of the show, but the perspective of the gospel, the perspective of what Jesus said in the gospel. My house has many rooms for every one of us. 
right? That's the perspective, that there's a place at home where things are right and things are just and things are true. And that's what society's calling us away from and Jesus is calling us to. We'll talk to you next week. Go to masculinejourney.org to register for the boot camp.